0: Wednesday, December the 9th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by Raytheon Technologies. Coming up, a vaccine rollout started and a Brexit hurdle surmounted. First, the world in brief. British doctors administered the first approved doses of a COVID-19 vaccine produced by Pfizer and BioNTech. A further 800,000 doses will be dispensed in the coming weeks. The first recipient was a 90-year-old woman in Coventry, followed by a man improbably named William Shakespeare. Britain's government announced that a different vaccine from Oxford University and AstraZeneca has been delayed by manufacturing problems. In better news, research published in the Lancet found it to be safe and effective. Meanwhile, the Food and Drug Administration said the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine appeared to work and that those receiving it suffered no ill effects. The regulator's report comes ahead of a meeting later this week at which it is expected to announce whether the treatment will be approved. The positive news on vaccines helped push American stock prices into record territory with both the S&P 500 index and the Nasdaq closing at new highs. Investors may have also been heartened by indications that agreements on a new COVID-19 stimulus package in America may be imminent. The White House proposed a package worth 916 billion dollars to relieve states, local government and businesses. Joe Biden named Lloyd Austin, a four-star Army general, as his choice for Secretary of Defense, continuing the Trump administration's practice of placing military brass in top national security posts, conventionally held by civilians. General Austin, who retired in 2016, wanted a congressional waiver to take the job. He would be the first African-American Defense Secretary. Texas's Attorney General sued Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania and Wisconsin over November's election. Ken Paxton's complaint says that those states unlawfully changed their voting procedures during the pandemic and that their illegitimate results, or wins for Joe Biden, therefore diluted Texas's rightful voting power in the Electoral College. Only the Supreme Court can hear disputes between states. Separately, the Supreme Court curtly denied Republicans' request to overturn the result in Pennsylvania. Britain and the European Union reportedly reached an agreement in principle over the implementation of the Northern Ireland Protocols set out in the Brexit Withdrawal Treaty. Britain had threatened to break international law by ignoring provisions to avoid a hard border with the Irish Republic, even though the British government had signed up to them earlier this year. Negotiations over a trade deal continue. And protesters blocked the streets of Yerevan, the capital of Armenia, as part of a campaign to force the resignation of Nikol Pashinyan, the Prime Minister. He has faced intense criticism since signing a ceasefire deal with Azerbaijan last month that conceded land held for decades by Armenia in the contested region of Nagorno-Karabakh. And now, here's today's agenda. Keeping it in the family. Indonesia's regional elections. More than 100 million Indonesians, roughly half the electorate, head to the polls today to elect a fresh slate of governors, mayors and county heads. For a country that emerged from dictatorship just over two decades ago, this exercise in electoral democracy is a declaration of confidence in the political system. Yet a troubling tendency is emerging. A growing number of politicians are seeking to establish dynasties, most prominent among them the president, Joko Widodo, better known as Jokowi. His ascent in 2014 was celebrated precisely because of his lack of connections to the elite. But since then, he has smoothed the way for his son, Gibran Raka Buming Raka, a political novice, to run for mayor of Surakarta, the city that launched Jokowi's career. The Indonesian public is disenchanted by the coziness of its political class, yet no serious contenders were willing to run against Jokowi's heir, meaning that he is almost guaranteed to triumph. Conte votes. Italy's bailout brawl. Giuseppe Conte, Italy's prime minister, risks being embarrassed today. He will ask both houses of parliament for an endorsement ahead of discussions on reforms to the European Stability Mechanism, the Eurozone's bailout fund, at his own leaders' meeting on December 11th. Tapping the fund would eventually require parliament's ratification of changes to the ESM. It is among the most toxic issues in Italian politics. The ESM is seen by critics, including the Five Star Movement, M5S, a partner of Mr. Conte's coalition, as a tool for imposing austerity and drastic reform on the single currency's poorer members. On December 2nd, 58 M5S lawmakers published a letter deploring the reform. Whether Mr. Conte has Parliament's backing on his trip to Brussels depends on how many of them rebel. His support is shaky, but the government has not called for a confidence vote and few in the M5S struggling in the polls would relish an election anyhow. Erdogan's Victory Lap Turkey and Nagorno-Karabakh Recep Tayyip Erdogan, Turkey's president, heads to Azerbaijan today for a parade marking his host's recent victory over Armenia in the war over Nagorno-Karabakh. Turkey provided Azerbaijan with armed drones, advisers and unconditional political support strong evidence also suggests it sent hundreds of Syrian mercenaries. Mr. Erdogan has reasons to celebrate. In just over six weeks of fighting, which ended with a Russian-brokered ceasefire, Turkey's main regional ally won back much of the territory it lost to Armenia in the previous war a quarter century ago. But once he returns home, Mr. Erdogan must deal with the fallout from another military adventure. At a summit due to begin on December 10th, EU leaders will decide whether to impose sanctions on Turkey over its drilling operations in gas-rich areas of the eastern Mediterranean that Greece and Cyprus claim as part of their maritime zones. Mr Erdogan won on land. He may have to back down at sea. Laicite on the Line France's new separatism law The French government will today reveal a controversial bill designed to clamp down on the spread of radical Islamist ideology. Originally framed by President Emmanuel Macron as a means of curbing Islamist separatism, the draft text no longer mentions Islam, partly to preempt charges that it stigmatises Muslims. Instead, it aims to reinforce the republic's principles. Measures include restrictions on homeschooling, though not a quasi-ban as first promised to target radical teaching, stricter rules governing the inspection and financing of places of worship, and a ban on doctors issuing virginity certificates. These details have been in the works for months, but the draft will also contain a recently added provision outlawing the spreading of information about a person's address or workplace if doing so could endanger their life. This is a direct response to a terrorist attack in which Samuel Patti, a schoolteacher, was identified in an online campaign after which an assassin beheaded him. Model No More Germany and COVID 19. A few weeks ago, Jens Spahn, Germany's health minister, bragged that his country was handling the second coronavirus wave better than most. He would not make that claim today. Unlike every other big European country, in Germany, COVID 19 cases are growing. Daily deaths are at record levels, and some intensive care units are overloaded. While other countries mull lifting restrictions, German states are tightening theirs. These worrying developments will hang over Angela Merkel's appearance before the Bundestag this morning. Although Parliament is officially convening to discuss Germany's 2021 budget, the government's overall handling of the pandemic is bound to come up. Ironically, the Chancellor herself is among the critics. Mrs Merkel has long argued that Germany's state leaders who make most of the rules on health and other relevant policies have been complacent in managing the spread of the virus. As Germany heads into a difficult Christmas, her vindication is unlikely to provide much solace. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Grace Hopper, who was born on this day in 1906. It's easier to ask forgiveness than it is to get permission